Hello and welcome back to Heart Hustle Hard- Hardwood, the Scooter Pods college basketball podcast that, uh, you know, just kind of pops in here and there. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Bowden Blake, captain of the TCU ship, and we're here to talk about the Big 12 tournament. Um, and Blake, I got to say, you know, uh, don't know how much you've been following the uh, Big 12 women's basketball uh, situation, but I'm looking forward to having an in-depth conversation about the two-seated Sooners. Can they get revenge on Texas? What What do you think, man? Oh, gosh. I, you gunned ahead. I could not tell you who is the number one seed for the women's tournament. I would maybe – I don't even I, – I have no idea where to start. Like, I know TC is probably not that good. I just feel like every time I see them, they're losing by 20, 30 points. So I know that for a fact, but – it's it's Texas, believe it or not, but OU got a share of the of the championship. We're we're actually talking about the men's tournament. Uh, way less exciting. Sooners are the tenth seed in that, but um, no, the the women. Shout out shout out to OU women's basketball. First shared uh, um, conference championship or first conference championship in general since two thousand nine. Great stuff there. Um, and yeah, shout out to them. We'll probably talk about them in the main pod later this week, but. We're here to talk about uh, the Big 12 basketball tournament, the men's tournament going on in Kansas City, uh, starting on um, on Wednesday with a couple couple lower seeds. But um, Blake, this has been of the wild Big 12 years. This might have been the craziest, uh, top to bottom. Uh, teams are winning. You saw that uh, last week where the Oklahoma Sooners went in and blew out a TCU team that has been very good, very good, cons- uh, consistent all season long, out of nowhere. Um, what are your thoughts on the on this uh, on this uh, this conference? It's obviously going to change a lot next year and into the future. But um, what what do you think? What, what have you? What has your experience been as a Big Twelve basketball fan in the last uh, year of this just total madhouse uh, double round robin? This has been probably this has been the craziest year of basketball. Like the Big Twelve over the past few years has kind of been ascending to be like by far the best basketball conference. But this year takes it to a whole new level. Like you kind of mentioned it with OU, like in a like this kind of like a backhanded compliment, but like OU might be the best last place conference team of all time. Like it, it, The fact that OU has beaten Alabama, TCU, has had close games with a lot of these Big 12 schools. It's like OU's not some chump, but like somebody has to be on the bottom of this conference. And it brings out an interesting debate I saw. Like Joe Lenardi was going back. It's like, OU, if you put them in another conference, are they dancing? Like, on one hand, the Big 12 offers quad one wins every single matchup you are you are playing like you have the opportunity to rack up the most quad one wins we're seeing it with kansas that has racked up the most of all time this season but on the other hand it's like you if you go to a different conference you're not getting that same quality who knows what's going to happen but this is by far probably like metrically the strongest conference we've ever seen in basketball history yeah i mean ou is the worst team in the conference uh, with a 15 and 16 overall record, a five and 13 conference record, but they're 68th in net, which is unreal. That's unreal. It's, it's it's insane. It's insane. And like you see, they went out against a TCU team, one that's still trying really hard to get off that five line. Like they want to go to a four seed. We'll probably talk about it more next week when we actually break down the bracket, but you don't want to play the 12 seeds this year. And, oh, you just like, 
like romped him. It was like it was insane. It was it was never close. Like there was at no point where I thought TCU was going to come back and win it. And it just shows the quality of this conference. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really good. And you know, I think a lot of people um, haven't hit the panic button fully on uh, this basketball program just because they're like, well, we're going to the SEC. It's going to be a lot easier over there. But you'll have a little bit of the quality out there. Obviously, Alabama's great. Um, Kentucky perennially very good. Uh, not as great this year, of course. But you know, there, there's an opportunity to grow there. You're not getting stuck in the meat grinder every single night uh, with no opportunity to escape it. It's um, it's a tough, tough conference. And in terms of a tournament, it's also tough to win for sure. So um, let's get this thing started. Uh, if you've seen the title. First thing, is there any hope for you basketball? Um, sources, uh, probably not. Probably not. Let's just go ahead and cut to it. Probably not. Nope. You got to win the conference. You got to win the conference. Like you just, you have to win the tournament. I know even if you like string together, I guess it would be three wins, even getting there. That's three quality wins. But I think OU so far off the bubble right now, they just have to, they have to win it in order to make March Madness. Oh, no. I, I mean, absolutely. Um, and look, they've been really, they've been pretty solid against a lot of big 12 teams. They have either beaten or been close to beating every single team in the big 12, except for Oklahoma state, who is, who, who is the team they have to play game one on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> the pokes have had the Sooners number uh, for, for a number of years. Mark, uh, Mike, Mike Boynton has been absolutely on fire against OU. So in terms of matchups, it could not be worse. Uh, yes, it, it's hilarious. It's like that, like little section of the brackets, like the love triangle, a love triangle of rivalries in a way. And it's like so interesting because it's OSU. OSU is a horrible matchup for OU. We've seen it this year. OU OSU sweeps the season series, so OU's already up against it then. But when you look at Texas, who they're going to be playing next. Texas has kind of owned OSU, but OU has played Texas super close this year. And, like, it's just so wild that you, like, see that when you see a the worst seed there that, like, Texas is probably praying that OSU wins that game and doesn't have to go against OU again because it just feels like OU is so close to knocking off Texas after the two games we've seen this year. Yeah, both games. Very narrow, very narrow games. Even the one at the Moody Center, toss-up uh, across the board. I'm just saying, don't let the Sooners get hot. If they if they somehow figure out Oklahoma State, who knows? They could get they could get hot, um, win two games, and then uh, at that point, you never know what what happens. Um, but no, it's 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 a long shot. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, very thankful that the NIT has changed their admission rules. You don't have to be over 500 anymore uh, to like that's not a requirement. So hopefully, OU uh, can you know make make a run, get it, do, do something impressive and get in. But I got to say, OU is probably the one team that is 100% like needs to win the tournament to get it. Are there other teams that are also like that, Blake? Uh, Oklahoma State, I know is kind of dicey. Uh, te uh, Texas Tech, of course. Uh, Cactus Gang um, has not looked great. And with, with the whole Mark Williams situation being what it is, let's just start talk about Tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, because there's a lot to unpack there with, with the Red Raiders. Yeah, so Tech, starting the season, like, they didn't have a really strong non-conference, gets to conference play, and is honestly horrible. Like, they string together, like, I thought there was a chance they're not going to win a single conference game, but the reason probably why was their best player, he's a Utah Valley transfer, AMAC, uh, 
incredible. Uh, just been injured all year long, haven't really gotten them back. But once they did, they started rattling off good wins. They beat K-State and Texas back-to-back with a pair against West Virginia and OU as well. And people thought, like, oh, my gosh, can Texas Tech actually do it? Like, rattle off the last one, like, last few games, make the tournament? They immediately lose single-digit games to TCU, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. And so at that point, you're put on kind of the outside of the bubble, but even a deep conference run can get you can get you there, like can get you close enough. But then Adams is now saying racially insensitive like Bible verses and stuff, insinuating things in the locker room. And we've heard murmuring like murmurs out of uh, Lubbock this entire year that like things kind of off the court is not going well with him. And now he actually gets something. They suspend him. He's definitely not probably going to be coaching at all this year. Who knows what they're going to do with him? I don't know. Like, I haven't been able to find what exactly he said. I just kind of got, like, a general description of what he was saying. So who knows if he'll be back. He's owed a lot of money. So unless it's really bad, I don't see them firing him. But it seems like he's kind of set the locker room on fire this year. Yeah, um, apparently he uh, referenced Bible verses about worker, workers, teachers, parents, and slaves serving their masters. So, um that's not good. That's yeah. really not good. Um, yeah, I, I, what is up? What is up with that coaching uh, staff from that uh, that Texas Tech team that made a run? Obviously, obviously, everything with uh, Chris Beard has been weird. Um, he leaves. Uh, Mark Adams comes in. He's weird. What? What is just a disaster? Oh my god. I don't know. They just put up with like the weird personalities there. Like, remember when Bobby Knight, whenever he left Indiana, he goes to Lubbock and Tech. They like kind of like to bring the weirdos in, but it's wild that you would say the best conference in basketball somehow like twenty percent of their coaches by the end of the year just won't be there, and it has nothing to do with performances on the court. It just makes no sense why this Tech team went from really good last year seems like mark adams we were thinking oh he was the guy behind all the chris beard success like maybe they got the right guy and now this year it just seems like he's lost the locker room had a good probably like veteran squad that you would think he can do something with like the three top players are all seniors and just still like it just feels the vibes are off and so i don't know what they're gonna do like i could see texas jack just kind of being stuck in this purgatory considering mark adams seems like he's lost the locker room yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I it, It's quite possibly the worst thing to happen right before entering a tournament where you really need wins. Uh, that is, that's a difficult situation. Uh, let's talk about the two teams that really probably, that have realistic NCAA tournament hopes that really need some wins that are kind of down there in the crumbs, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Uh, how do you feel about both of those teams? And um, I don't know, if I had to ask you, let's say both lose uh, game one, which one do you think has a better chance at getting to the big dance? Or are they both in? I think, yeah. So uh, Joe Lenardi came out with his uh, bracketology today. I think, and I agree with him on this, I think West Virginia is firmly in. Uh, they had enough conference wins, I believe seven, uh, in this Big 12. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, in years past, you would kind of need to be 500 or maybe one game down from 500, but they have good enough wins on their schedule. They beat K-State at home. I thought they just cemented it. 
they have wins versus they have two against Iowa State. He's a projected five seed right now. They have a win versus TCU, another projected five seed. They don't, I guess, necessarily have that win against that top tier talent of the Big 12, but I just think they have enough wins there. West Virginia, I believe, is in, even if they get bounced. But Oklahoma State's kind of the the, the tricky one. Like they are on the final spot, I believe, right now, uh, to make the tournament or they're the 69th team. Like they are right there. So theoretically, I think OSU is going to have to win at least two games probably just because even though you're looking at it now, it's like one game would definitely put them in the field, but there's going to be, there's going to be bid stealers uh, with all these conference tournaments going on. Like we've only had some of the smaller one bid conference, like conferences, but you could see something maybe out of the pac 12 where it's like, you really only have two, three teams that are going to make the tournament, but a Washington state could get hot. A Utah could get hot, steal that bid and knock OSU off the bubble. I'm a little bit more worried about them. I think two wins has to, they have to get two wins in order to cement themselves into the field. Yeah. And I'm not as well versed in the uh, smaller uh, conferences as you are. You are, you, you, you have, you sit on a throne of crumbs. You, you live in the crumbs. Uh, but from what I understand, there have been a couple uh, like kind of bid steals of like some weird teams who've gone on and gotten the uh, tournament spot. So, to have that situation already ahead of time before we've uh, hit the you know conference tournament week proper, uh, you got to be sweating if you're a bubble team. Yeah, like you look at this year, you have conferences that are super strong that are not your typical like strong mid majors. Like the Mountain West is really good this year. Like they have multiple teams. Utah State, Nevada sitting on the bubble. You have the Conference USA, which potentially if. Florida Atlantic loses could be a two big a bid league because they're probably not going to leave those really strong mid-major uh, teams out for a team like OSU that's just kind of been middling in conference and also just didn't have a strong non-conference to show for anything. So if I'm a Poke fan, I'm a little bit worried going into this week. You have to get two wins, I think, to kind of clear you enough so a bid-stealer situation doesn't bump you out of the tournament. Right. I I agree. That has to be a situation where you have to, you have to be, you have to get some wins. And the thing is the good thing for them. Any win is a good win. Um, Obviously Oklahoma is not great, but going on and uh, playing Texas, that would be a big win for them. Um, And then at that point, you know, you you would have to, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hate your odds against a Kansas state or a TCU. I don't think if you, if you went that far. Uh, Yeah. Like you could beat those teams realistically, like OSU, like, I think OSU's beaten us this year once and like they've beaten these teams so they can easily do it. It's just, they have to get past kind of Texas probably at that two mark. Yeah, for sure. That, that would be obviously, it's one of those things where if you go, you're, you could go on a run to a championship, like a championship appearance, but you could also, you know, blow it, you know, game two. And then, you know, you have to sweat it out on Sunday. Um, so it's it's a really it's a really boomer bust side of the bracket, I would say. Um, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. And look, I'll say this, any same-game parlay with Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Thunder in it 
is absolute money. I love this guy. He's been putting up the stats, putting up the numbers. So if you see if you see Shea out there, you best believe that that's the move. I I love that guy. So download the app now and sign up with co- promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See those show notes for details. Now back to the schooner pod. But let's talk about kind of some of these other teams over here. So uh, past the first round, past the Wednesday matchups. Um, I kind of want to talk about um, some of these teams that really want to, to, to be risers. Like you're talking about TCU, kind of wanting to get off that five spot. Uh, I, I think Iowa State kind of similar in that range. Who who do you think can really make a true, honest, honest to God, dark horse run in the Big 12 tournament that isn't, um, you know, one of the top four. I, I guess we'll say I just so just Iowa State or uh, um, or TCU here. Yeah. So like the team that I have circle and like this is going to be like the most homer take. It's TCU. Like if you go to our partner DraftKings, you look at those odds right now. TCU is a like plus seven fifty to win this tournament and a tournament it historically that Kansas like Bill Self, although they can easily win this and have won this tournament before. They don't really care about it all that much. They like the regular season title. That means a lot more to them. And some of these other teams, like, they might be more resting guys. And I think TC wants to make a statement. Like, they are kind of, they are right on the edge. They are the top five seed wanting to move to a four seed. That motivation plus, like, TCU had a tough stretch there whenever Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin were out. Kind of the two engines that get that team running. And we haven't seen them fully healthy. And the only good thing you could take out of that TCU-OU game is that Mike Miles was finally being aggressive again, creating shots, making shots. Because honestly, the last two games, two or three, he's just been a ghost. He's just, he's not been aggressive. He's kind of been passive. Like, he'll take the double teams off of guys, but he just hasn't been a threat. So, TCU, you got to worry about, are they going to rest Lampkin? Just let him get to, like get healthy for the tournament, but I think they want to prove something. I think uh, this team for being a team that's not traditionally successful at basketball and a squad that's mostly seniors and is going to graduate next year. I think some sort of hardware means something. So looking at TCU plus seven fifty, if you want to go for like a good value, uh, that's where, that's where I'm looking just because I like what they do on both the offensive and defense inside the boards. Like they just do both very, very well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, structure-wise, TCU, yeah, that's that that's a really good spot. I yeah. I have concerns about T- TCU's three-point shooting is concerning. And it's abysmal. They, oh, it's so abysmal, and they need to stop it. Like that's what they need to do. They 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 shoot too much. They they shoot too many threes for how bad they are. And in a tournament like this, it's one of those things where you can get cold fast and you can struggle fast. Especially yeah. when your first opponent is Kansas State, who packs out the uh, T-Mobile Center pretty well. Uh, that is not a team you want to see early. That is not not really a team you want to see at all. Uh, there's really, in my opinion, in my opinion, there are two teams you never want to see in the tournament: Iowa State, Kansas State, because they both bring a lot of people and they both really care. Kansas, I feel like, can get tripped up a bunch because they don't. They kind of half-ass their way into it. They're usually, you know, pretty secure and everything. Of course, they're very good. They'll go on a run like they did last year. But um, 
Iowa State and K-State have this kind of weird scrappiness where you can kind of see them make runs uh, in KC. Iowa State just is so, like, usually, like, they call it, like, Hilton South, uh, Kansas City, just because they're always packing it. I feel like even when they're bad, they always make a good run. But, like, the thing that worries me about Iowa State, they do get a great first-round matchup. We saw it this weekend. They went into Waco and just destroyed Baylor because I think it's just the clash of two styles that, like, Iowa State's fantastic on the defensive end can't shoot the ball to save their life Baylor's kind of the exact opposite they refuse to play defense this year but are great offensively but Iowa State just grinds you like they just are always in your face they make you make nothing no shots ever comfortable like I I'm gonna probably Baylor's gonna be a favorite slight favorite but Iowa State money line is an easy take, I think, first uh, in that first round game, just because I feel like that clash of styles, Iowa State's going to win nine times out of 10. And although I think Baylor's probably poised to make a deeper run in March, that that matchup's just hell. That matchup's hell for Baylor. Uh, And I agree, that crowd noise really, really, really (laughs) is a factor in these neutral road tournaments where usually it's just kind of like dead for both sides. Like there's not much excitement elsewhere. Oh yeah, this thing is like Iowa State Super Bowl. They go all out for this. Uh, they they invade Kansas City in mass. Hell, when it was in Oklahoma City uh, a couple years, uh, they invaded Oklahoma City. Uh, so Iowa State plus six fifty, I love uh, on DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. That's a really good future, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, if going, yeah. If you're going if you're going up to uh, the tournament, first of all, God bless you. Uh, can't believe you're doing that. Uh, but second, you'll be going through Kansas, so make sure to put a good bet out there. Yes, and just general betting advice for these futures for the Big 12 tournament, don't bet the favorites. Like, don't bet Kansas. Don't bet Texas. This tournament's going to be too volatile for, like, one of the favorites to for sure get a run in. You're not going to get good value for your money. Like, you hope when you take a K-State, a TCU, an Iowa State that's more over the 600 line, if you could get one of those to the finals, you could easily hedge out of that. You could do a lot with it. You could ride with it. There's... You just kind of want one of those teams to make it to the finals, which is very like, which could be very easy in this tournament. But just don't like take a Kansas, don't take a Texas, just because they are the best teams. That just never really works in these like Power Five conference tournaments where a lot of these top teams have already cashed their like cashed their bid. Like KU, Texas aren't moving probably that much in their one and two seeds respectively. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I, Kansas, they're they're tricky because I it's really a coin flip. Either they really care and they make a run or they lose first, like the, the first time they get to play. Uh, we've seen them get upset really early in this. I think TCU even did it uh, a couple yeah. of years back, uh, a couple of years back, I guess it's like five, six years ago, but uh, it, it's happened before it's happened before. Um, so we've kind of talked about some dark horses here, but um, I don't know. Do you see any motivation uh, for it, for a Kansas state, for a Baylor, you know, a, a Texas or a, Kansas really doesn't have any. They're on the one line, I think, pretty set. Um, but do you think there's any motivators for uh, a Texas, a K-State, or a Baylor? Um, I would think, like, K-State's pretty firm. I believe they're, uh, they would be, I believe, a three seed right now. Uh, and I think they're pretty firm there. Like, I don't think they're going to add really all too much. And I think even, like, there's probably some sort of bias in the back of the committee's head. Like, they don't want to pump up all the Big 12 teams to, like, all the top seeds. Like, I know we're the most strong conference, but, like, 
you just they're gonna get some variety up there. So I think between Iowa State and TCU kind of trying to bump up to the four spot, they're both there. And then like I could see Baylor, like maybe not seeding perspective, but I think Scott Drew wants to get this defense right somehow. Uh They've been great offensively. Like they have three guards that similar when you saw that Baylor team win in uh what was it twenty twenty one like they were like fantastic when it came to the three guard lineups and that's kind of what people see now. You got L J Cryer, Keontae George, uh, and Adam Flagler, three great guards, two seniors, one or I think senior and junior and a freshman. So like some experience there, but the problem is they just don't play any defense, which is what that Baylor national championship team did very, very well. And so I think he might use this as an opportunity to try to get things right. But that's just the thing that has me worried about Baylor. Like Baylor can light up anybody could easily just get hot in March, make a way to a final four. I could see that. But I could also see them getting pretty bounced early just because they refuse to defend for some reason, which is just not Scott Drew's usual identity. Yeah, which is weird. They just they seem like a different type of Baylor team than we've seen uh, in the past, for sure. Um, OK, so we've kind of talked about everyone. I don't really think we need to talk about Kansas all that much. They're Kansas. Yeah. Kansas uh, is good. They're like, even they have some, they have a few more flaws. Like last year, I felt like they had a little bit better depth, had Remy Martin, David McCormick, some of those like big pieces that came up in March. Baji. Baji, like who was fantastic. They have a two headed monster and not like they're not as deep, but this year I don't think is also like as deep when it comes to those top tier teams. So they could easily make a final four run. Like it's, that would not be shocking. Like they're really good. And Bill Self is like, finally, I feel like kind of gotten the monkey off of his back that like after winning a second championship now, like I feel like that pressure's off just because I felt like for a while it was like Kansas was getting bounced way too early. And like that just kind of always those demons in March, like even after you win you first, like, you kind of get those reputations if you just can't get far, whether they're warranted, like, warranted or not. But I think this Kansas team, like, they're still great. They could easily make a Final Four, and it would be the least shocking thing. Yeah, I mean, even, like, Bob Stoops, like, there were some, like, things around him towards the end of his tenure, even, or, like, early on, you know, where they're like, oh, like, can Stoops still do it? You know, he only won the one yeah. in 2000, you know, even though he's a you great coach. Greatness. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, and then, like, people are like, Bill Self couldn't do it in March for, like, a while and they it took like a half court shot a shot by mario chalmers to win his first one like kind of lucky or whatever but it's like he was consistently winning the big 12 regular season or tournament every single year for like close to a two decade stretch it was like, like 15 it, years yes like it, was, it was insane like it's like that doesn't happen and it's not like you're in a gonzaga like west coast conference type scenario where it's like you are obviously the cream of the crop like kansas has been the cream of the crop but like this is not a league full of scrubs, even like even back then when it wasn't as strong as it is now, like it was still a top three, four conference consistently every single year. Yeah. I mean, it was the big 12 has always been incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't even a big, a big fish in a big pond. It was like a whale in a big pond. It, that That's what they were. You know, they were impressive in conference play, like as, as impressive as it gets. So, um, yeah, I get that. Speaking of Baji, by the way, I went to the Thunder Jazz game yesterday. There were like four people who definitely traveled from Kansas, and the entire game they were just like, Pass it to Pass it to Ochai, Pass it to Ochai. And they'd be like, Put him in, like, you know, you're losing because you're not playing Ochai and Baji enough. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, geez, guys, calm down. Like, 
the Jazz are those, screwed. <laughs> those Kansas players get that cult following, like Svee Mikhailuk, whenever he was playing, <laughs> making his like little rounds. I feel like he had a little bit of cult following. Like that's just like pure like Kansas. They always produce those senior guys that they might have a few years as like kind of a bench player, but like damn, are the good college basketball players, but maybe not the best NBA ones. Yeah. It, it was funny because they're like losing their mind. They're like, girl, why do you go to Chai? I'm like, they lost by 20 and he scored like 12. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> he, he did okay. He did okay. But um, no, nah, it was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of, speaking of a guy like Ochai, who uh, these Kansas fans think is incredible. He was great in college. Uh, who do you think is going to be the player of the tournament? Who's, who's, who's a name to really watch? Who we think is going to get hot and really make a name for himself? Uh, and, you know, kind of win MVP. Ah, this is hard because like you want to go like the obvious, like Jalen Wilson, Kansas, but like I could see Kansas getting bounced. Like that's the thing. It's like, if Kansas gets bounced to the big 12 tournament, like he's not going to win, win it. My underrated one that's like really been impressed me lately. And he's a six man, but Serge Jabari Rice on Texas. Like, every single game I've been seeing them recently, like even against TCU, against uh, Kansas last weekend, this guy's coming off the bench and dropping dropping like 20-plus the last like four or five games. Like, he's a sixth man because he's coming off the bench, but he's playing very meaningful minutes. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him, and I'm liking how Texas, even though they've kind of had like two rough losses versus Baylor and TCU, but got it right last weekend. And I just feel, I feel great about their energy and vibes coming into March Madness. It just seems everything's finally clicking with that program. And I think with kind of with Beard being gone, they have like the pressure's a little bit off. Like it's not like their coach has to come in and perform in March, which Texas hasn't been able to do the past like decade. It seems like it just feels like they're playing loose. They're feel like playing free. I like Texas a lot going into this tournament and Serge Jabari Rice, I feel like is their X factor right now. Yeah. Texas has an advance to the second weekend uh, in like something like since 2008. It's been insane. They've had like this incredibly cold streak of uh, of the sweet of reaching the sweet sixteen, which is crazy because they've had a really good program uh, pretty much the whole time. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It could be different this time, but you never know with Texas. So. It just feels like the good thing is they kind of had the built-in excuse. It's like Rodney Terry was not meant to be the head coach this year. Like he's done a fantastic job for them, but it like kind of in March, like. You can kind of take that expectations off. It's not like Shaka's trying to like get a tournament win for his job or Chris Beard. You're paying him. You're paying him one of the top ten salaries to like get you far in the tournament. Like it feels like you're kind of playing a little bit with house money. So I feel like that takes eases the pressure off in some of those early rounds that like get a few wins under your belt, get to that second weekend, and then see what happens. Then the pressure can start building up. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's drop the odds. Who do you think is going to win the Big 12 uh, tournament this year? I have TCU. I really do. It's, it's, they're the sneaky, like a lot of the like analytics people that I follow have this team. If it's full strength, it's a top five team in the nation just because of what they could do on both sides of the ball. It, I feel like it's going to start clicking. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it sucks to say, but like, 
TCU has to make a Sweet 16 or this year. This year is an absolute failure for your best team of all time. They do well in transition. They can't really shoot, but they offensive rebound like crazy. They're high energy. We don't really have, besides Lampkin, another big guy, like a big center, but we have a whole bunch of like six, seven, six, eight forwards that we can just switch, uh, like switch on defenders, which makes us com- like entirely versatile. I think we got to get some rhythm just because we haven't had Mike and Eddie like at all this season. I know these guys have been playing together for a while now, but we need to get that momentum going. I think they take this really seriously compared to maybe some of the others. Like I think Texas will take it serious enough, but like nothing big K state will take it very seriously. Like that's probably going to determine it, but I could see us easily in the finals and then going from there. Like if, if Eddie plays, I, I have a good feeling about this TCU team come tournament time. I can see it. Their three-point shooting has me worried, and I'm kind of fading them a little bit. But um, no, in, in terms of who I'm going with, uh, it's clearly OU. They're, they're clearly going to make a run. <laughs> Remember that they're the team that uh, beat Alabama by 24 and uh, uh, beat everyone by 20. So clearly the Sooners. To take hey, the big <laughs> Patrick Ewing took Georgetown to a tournament <laughs> by by going on a the, one of the most miracle tournament runs I've ever seen in a conference tournament. So it is not out of the it is not out of the possibility that OU doesn't do the same. Granted, Patrick Ewing wasn't doing it in the best conference in college basketball, but it is possible. It is possible. Well, and not only that, but Kansas City to Chicago. Like, how far away is how far away is Chicago from Kansas City? Because I'm saying, here's what we need to do: bring Sister Jean to the tournament. We'll win the whole damn thing. Oh, bring God. her in. Get a if little that happens, going. If that happens, we kick out OU early. You're not playing. <laughs> you're not playing in next year's Big Twelve. I don't care if you're an independent next year. I'm not allowing that. I'm not allowing Sister Jean to once again. We finally we got our wish. Layola sucks. Like they are bad. Like at least I know. At least I know that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, why You're not going to get it on the Layola stuff? side. Yeah. But... <laughs> like I, I'm so happy that like Layola's done. I don't think they're going to make a run in their conference tournament. Like that part is over. Sister Jean is not going to be a March Madness. We can focus on the guys on the court and not the off-court storylines. Yeah. Hey, look, Chicago's only like I don't know seven-ish hours away from KC. She can drive. It'll be fine. You know, someone drive her down. She wear a little OU scarf. It'll be perfect. You know, that's that's how we come back. That's how we that's how we fully come back. Uh, but no, for real, I, I I love Iowa State here. I think I'm going to go with the Cyclones. Uh, this is a tournament that they really care about. They're very good this year. I love their side of the bracket. And um, I, I not only that, but at, at plus six six fifty, I like that as well. Um, but just in general, I think the, I think the bracket lines up well, I think they, I think it matters to them more than it matters to Kansas. Um, I think they make a run. So give me Iowa state. Um, okay. So we have our champions, but we have the real important thing, uh, about this tournament, which is the, uh, entertainment and fan experience enhancements that, uh, uh, Brett, your, your mark has brought to Kansas city. 
And uh, Blake, before this, we kind of chat chatted about it. You don't know about uh, any of the enhancements, so I, I'm I gonna... did not. I have not checked it out. I have. I've been kind of MIA this past weekend, and I have not seen. I haven't seen a word about this. Like I know he did a whole slew of things when it came to the Big Twelve Championship in football. So I am. I am excited to see it. I'm hoping for like a supreme Big Twelve collaboration. Oh, Bill uh, Bape is back. Bape is, Bape is back, baby. Oh, Bape is back. Yes. Bape is back. <laughs> The legendary Bape camouflage marks will be featured across video boards and signage. Uh, I, that was a low shirt. point. That was a low point in my life. When I went on the Bape store, I'm like, do I buy the $150 Big 12 monkey t-shirt that I will probably never wear? But it's hype. It's 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 in. But I did not end up buying. I did not end up buying the Bape merchandise. Yeah. But well, now you have another chance, so there you go. Uh, but also, uh, Grammy-nominated hip-hop legend Fat Joe will be performing <laughs> a VIP-only set on Friday. Uh, so there's that. But uh, here's the big kicker. So um, additionally, uh, Shaq, under his alias DJ Diesel, will be performing a one-hour set at KC Live in Power Light uh, on, after Friday, Saturday's games. So you got, you got Big Diesel coming to uh, KC. Big Diesel got that. He he has sporting events on lock. He was at the F1 podium ceremony last year. I know a few years ago he's supposed to perform at like TCU's like midnight game or whatever, like whenever they unveiled the basketball teams and had a family emergency. Like this man has found a niche of just like, I'm going to be a DJ just for sporting events and get the bag. Oh my God. I would, I would go. If I was in Kansas City, I'm going to see DJ Diesel. Just go, see, sure. just go see just go see big diesel out there uh jordan sparks is doing the national anthem for the championship i haven't heard her name in like 10 years wow yeah that's a deep cut um but here's a more interesting thing so they're also introducing uh something called big 12 eats which is something that i love as if you've ever seen uh football feast something we put on the foot on the uh youtube channel you know I'm all about it uh each school is going to have a food item available at uh at the arena so you want blake you want me to read them off for you yes i need to know i need to know all right first off we have the baylor float which is vanilla ice cream yeah and dr. The, pepper yeah it's the mash. dr pepper float that's like a classic it's a classic baylor and it's actually if they do it like they do it at baylor it's better because it's not like ice cream in liquid they kind of like infuse the two together so it's just like Ooh. kind of like a soft serve ice cream but it's like dr pepper flavored so that if they incredible. do it like baylor does it it's actually like a good it's not like a traditional float it has like it has a different quality about it that makes it excellent usually usually that's something that there's no way they go all out i'll, I'll preface this there's no way <laughs> it's, not like, it's gonna be mr pip it's gonna be mr <laughs> pip <laughs> You don't even get the Dr. Pepper right. It's like, it's but but be... overall, concept-wise, pass or like yes or no? Let's pass. That's actually because it, it's tied to the school. It's tied to the school. So I say okay, pass. yeah. So that's that that gets that gets the approval. Next up for Iowa State, we have the Cyclones tenderloin, which is a Kaiser bun, a breaded pork tenderloin, sliced onion, and sweet and spicy pickles. Ah, I. Just sounds like a, a barbecue sandwich, a barbecue pork sandwich. Is there anything like special or just? It's like a fried a, pork sandwich. Yeah, middle, middle. Skip. Like I would eat it. I would eat it, but nothing, nothing that I'm running home about. Okay, that's fair. Uh, next up from Kansas, we have the Jayhawks mac and cheese, which is pasta and creamy white sauce topped with house smoked pulled pork, 
a signature barbecue sauce, and a crispy, crispy fried onions. Uh, mac and cheese always plays. I don't think it's anything special to Kansas, but I'll say it plays. I'll, I would eat that, but it's, it's nothing. It's a missed opportunity, but I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do so much more, you know, but also you're in Kansas City, so all the cool Kansas City stuff is literally outside your door. <laughs> way better. Yeah. So I, I, that's fine. Uh, next up from Kansas State, we have the we have K State's Wabash Cannon Dog, which is a bacon wrapped jumbo hot dog, topped with wildcat purple relish. I I I wish they would have done. Don't they do some sort of raspberry dip or something like that? They do. Yeah, I think they should have gone with that. I felt like that would be an easier, just like a hit. Like, I just feel like every time I think about K-State, I think of the weird, like, cream, is it like cream cheese raspberry dip or something like that? It's like a weird... It's like a raspberry bean dip or something. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like something weird. Like, I wish they would have leaned into some of the weirder ones, but... Eh. It's not weird enough. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a raspberry chipotle bean dip. Yeah, I wish they would have done something like that. That would have been infinitely cooler. But at least they went with the purple. I think at least they're trying to... I think more than... KU and Iowa State, they're actually kind of leaning into the school a little bit. The name's cool too. So I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I, I, I mean, it's a bacon hot dog. That's not, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, next up from OU, we have the Stormin from Norman, Oklahoma taco, which is an Indian taco, uh, fried bread, uh, fried bread topped with ground beef, shredded lettuce, chopped tomato, beans, onions, and chili. That makes sense. I feel like Indian tacos, I've only seen them in Oklahoma before. I feel like really only at, like, the Oklahoma State Fair. I don't really see them. Maybe the Arts Festival, like, they bring out, like, a little truck for that. So I feel like that's very fitting. Like, it's a very fitting thing for OU to have. It's a very fitting Oklahoma thing overall. I don't know. It doesn't fit OU much, but, like, it's but, it's fine. I, I think it's cool. I think there could have been better options. Would have loved to see them try to revive the Wonder Boy. Uh, you know, but you Wait, know, that's that? probably a bit of it. Have you? It's at uh, Diamond Dogs. Have you heard about this? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, Captain Crunch uh, corn dog thing. That would be cool. That would be cool, yeah. especially since is it R.I.P. Diamond Dogs? I, yeah, gone? it's now a top. For some reason, it's a bar that's based around Top Gun. I don't really know why. Uh, so they've changed concepts, but uh, yeah, but R.I.P. Diamond Dogs. There's nothing uh, like making a bar off of a very like. Top Gun was a great movie, but a very fleeting concept, like something that was just popular for a few months. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> difficult, I, I, tough look, tough look. Um, next up, we have um, from Oklahoma State, uh, Pistol Pete's OSU Fried Corn, which is an Elote style bacon fried corn topped with crushed Doritos. Ah, I like them. Uh, that just seems like an abomination. Like, just get a a Lota at that point. Like, if you're gonna do it, but, like, I just feel like none of that's, like, I guess, like, maybe, like, adding the cheap Doritos on top of, like, something is, like, kind of Stillwater OSU-esque, but, like, I don't get how that's tied to Stillwater at all. Like, I don't see how it's tied to Oklahoma. I don't see how it's tied to, like, the city itself. Like, I just, I don't get that one. It's a pass for me. Or not a pass. It's a, I'm skipping it. I'm rejecting yeah, like, it. I'm not, I don't it's actually awful. have any desire to try it. Like, at least some of these other ones. I'm like, oh, the fried pork sandwich. Like, sounds good. But, like. <laughs> and here's my thing. Is it's. If you're going to do, like, the like uh, the chip on the Elodie's thing. You do it with. with uh, you don't do it with Doritos. You do it with, like, some, some, um, some Cheetos. 
You know, get a little yeah. cheetah. That 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 goes better with the Lotus. The Lotus doesn't make any sense for Stillwater. It doesn't. They don't even, it they don't absolutely... even know what it is. <laughs> the only the only Mexican restaurant that I knew of in Stillwater was Mexico Joe's, which was like the like third spinoff I felt like of their successful franchise after Giuseppe's. Like Giuseppe's. <laughs> like <laughs> we, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And like that place doesn't know what a lote is. If I asked for a lote there. They would give me. They would ask me what it is, and I would say, "Oh, it's like a Mexican corn dish." And they would just come out with like the canned, like Jolly Green Giant corn, like in a thing. Like they have no idea what a lote is. No, not only that, but like they have, they actually have some solid culinary options in Stillwater. Like you could get, you could have gone for a, for an angle on, you know, Esmo Joe's cheese for cheese fries, or yeah, you know, gone for um, oh, uh, uh I'm blinking so hard, um. Shoot, they have a they have a weird hot dog there, and it's killing me. Uh, the dirty curdy. You could have gone with the dirty curdy. Maybe that might have been too much, but there there are options. I mean, went with the just nothing. That it's a it's a skip. Big big skip. <laughs> That's so bad. It's horrible. All right, so next up we have your school, uh, TCU. Oh, it's the TCU loaded tots, tater tots, spicy queso sauce, chopped house smoked brisket. Pico de Gallo topped with horn frog purple sour cream. Interesting. <laughs> it does fit. We do. I, I will say at our school, we do everything purple, like everything, like the margaritas that they serve are all purple, like milkshakes, like everything's purple. I, I would eat it. The purple sour cream kind of freaks me out. I don't know why it is. It's just like dairy products that are different colors, like kind of, I don't know. It like fits in the same vein of like the purple ketchup in the green ketchup like back in the day when oh, like the Shrek God. movies were coming out like it kind of fits that but I'll say like it it does fit the vibe a little bit you kind of get the Fort Worth Tex-Mex with the, like I would say the two things of Fort Worth that are the best are Tex-Mex and barbecue and it kind of fits both of those so yeah that's I'll try it yeah it's just the purple sour cream you just gotta close your eyes for a second it's like luke skywalker drinking that blue milk or whatever on in yeah in, uh, like last jedi oh i don't i don't want it and i know like disney world or something serves that like you can try it i just never think like even if they're like it's the best tasting thing i just don't think i could ever get over it it's like something about the dairy products mixed with like funky colors just like makes me think it's like rancid or something i can't exactly. yeah it just it's just, it, no. yeah, that's fair. But I, I can move past it. I can move past it. Yeah. All right. Out of UT, out of Texas, we have the Longhorn Quesadilla, which is a triple cheese quesadilla, steak or chicken, with burnt orange salsa rojo sauce. Oh, I would say that's fair. I don't think it's nothing special, but I think, like, I don't think anybody hates quesadillas. Like, I think. It's a quesadilla. Yeah, like a quesadilla always plays. It's meat, cheese, and tortillas that are, like, usually pretty crispy. So it's. Yeah, it's a place. bit boring. They could have done it's more. Boring. Oh, it's very boring, but it just plays. It plays, but... I would absolutely just devour one of those. I'm all in on that. Um, I'm all in on that. So next up, we have uh, Texas Tech's Masked Rider Burger, which is an all-beef patty, cheddar, fried onion ring, sweet pickled jalapenos, and Red Raiders barbecue sauce. Mm. <laughs> Boo! Boring. I... I like I like burgers, but just kind of boring. And I just imagine this patty. Like I've realized, I don't like like a super thick, thick burger. And I just imagine it being about like that big with those big old onion rings. Like you're talking about a burger about this big that you can't fit in your mouth. Down, down. Onion rings suck on a burger because they it, do. It, 
it they get soggy and they're too big. There, there are way better ways to do onions on a burger, and that's not it. Grilled, <laughs> just like <laughs> grilled. Yeah, just, just a nice like sautéed onion. You know, like kind of how they do them, like smash burger style, like the Oklahoma onion burger. Perfect. Uh, hell, I even like fresh onion. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. But an onion ring is like the worst form of onion you could put on a burger, especially when you have barbecue sauce on it. That's another. That's another sogginess. So I, I'm just... skipping on that. Ate that like whenever I see a burger like that, I just know it's bad because they're loading it with toppings, and it's just like you're trying to distract from the fact that like the burger's just kind of complete ass. Yeah, just focus on the simplicity. Focus yeah. on the simplicity. All right, and then and then the final one, one that I actually know pretty well, the West Virginia Mountaineer roll, which is sliced pepperoni and mozzarella cheese and a soft roll. It's a pepperoni roll, folks. Available in Kansas City. I like it. That that would be something I'd have. It is the most true to a state a, a campus that you could get. That is 100% it. I did the same thing with a, with a football feast episode. It was delicious, simple, easy, incredible. Um, and I love that they brought that because that's that's West Virginia all the way. That's More of these should have been like that. I think West yeah. Virginia's Mountaineer Roll and then the Baylor Float are the two best ones by Flint. far. That, like, actually have some sort of semblance to the university themselves. I feel like all the other ones, they some of them try to bring in elements. Other ones, they're just like, yeah, we're just, <laughs> we're making an item. <laughs> the, oh, the elote, I, I just can't get over the elote. <laughs> the Oklahoma State elote. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, here's bit... the thing. You have this boring-ass Texas Tech option. Why not give them the elote? I know. They're like, kinda that actually kind of makes sense. Like, that makes that makes more sense. Like honestly, if you probably flop those, you're like, oh, like a burger, like an onion ring, barbecue sauce. Like you're not saying it's perfectly OSU, but it's not. You're not saying it's out of the blue, but yeah, the Pistol Pete barbecue burger, like that, that checks. That yeah. actually looks like something you could get at Eskimo Joe's. Yes, honestly. like that sounds like something they ripped off the menu. It, it really does. So yeah, they should have flopped on that. That's 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 a mistake, but. Um, like I say, this concept is going to be interesting uh, next year when they add in uh, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and uh, BYU. I don't even know what BYU would be. That would just be... Oh, God. If they do the Cougar Tales... Oh, they would have to. Out, <laughs> they, they would have to. And I, I have no desire to try one of those. Like, I'm not a big sugary guy, and so... It seems like my my worst nightmare. And then the video going viral this year of like them passing around one and like RG3 counted like 25 people took a bite of it. Like <laughs> I'm fine with sharing food a little bit, but if they were just passing that thing around, like yeah. <laughs> they knew everybody around them. Like they were like feeding sections of those things. Like I have no desire to try that. Cincinnati is the easiest one. And if you don't Skyline. do it, everybody's, yeah, it has to be Skyline. you got to find a way to license Skyline Chili in Kansas City that weekend. Like anything else, it's going to be a disappointment. If you try to do some sort of chili dish that's not Skyline Chili, that's just kind of like normal chili, you're going to get ripped apart. So, your mark, find a way to start licensing Skyline Chili. Yeah, 100% without a doubt. Um, Houston? That that's an interesting one. I would go with something you can get at their stadium, which is uh, they're they have these like massive turkey legs. Oh, uh, yeah, I love I'm a big turkey leg guy. I would be fine with that. Yeah, the the turkey leg hut is a very famous spot down there, I guess, and they have them at um, uh, Tadeku or whatever you 
however you pronounce it, their stadium in Houston, they have a, they have a stand there. So that's probably where they would go with Houston, but there's a myriad of things you could go with that city. It's excellent. UCF. I don't know. They are putting a gun to your Mark's head and making them serve the like astronaut ice cream. They're like, we are the space school. You will serve the NASA like astronaut ice cream bars that have you ever had one of those Bobby? I've, I have never even heard of this. Oh my god, it is freeze-dried ice cream, and it's the most, like, disgusting thing you'll ever try. It, like, tastes like a block of chalk that you bite into, and they, like, sell them at NASA, and they're always, like, it's kind of just, like, they're not really, like, I don't think the astronauts are eating this. Like, they're just, like, we freeze-dried, like, something that tastes kind of like Neapolitan ice cream, and... They are 100% gonna force them to just to like show, like, we're the space program, like, we love space. Our degree I, farm university loves space. I guess so. Yeah, I they could do that. They could maybe get away with doing some, like, I don't know, churros from Disneyland, Disney World. I don't know. I, that's a tough one. Yep. Hopefully, it's not that though. That sounds horrible. The blue um, milk from Disney World. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, but in terms of actual basketball, that's going to be interesting too. Having uh, Kelvin back in town, um, you know uh, that Houston team is. I I I don't think they're they're going to have a dip. I think just adjusting to the new competition. But I think there's that that is such a good basketball add to the Big Twelve. Yeah, in it like it kind of naturally fits with a lot of the styles of the Big Twelve. Like a lot of them are like you get one flashy freshman prospect all around, like a lot of like junior senior talent in like Houston's building that way. So is Baylor, so is Kansas for the longest time. Texas has basically built that this year. Like TCU has built that. Like a lot of these, even if you look at an OU, like OU's built around like some good, like some good old talent and i think that's like they're such a natural fit and it's just so wild that kelvin sampson driven out of two major schools and like somehow like in his like later years has become like a top five coach right now in college basketball it makes no sense but it's it's so wild and his staff is like is so filled with guys from like that 2002 era uh, OU basketball team, you know, Qantas White, you know, Hollis Price, um, his son, obviously. Uh, that I, I think a lot of OU fans really want, really want, like, if M- Moser doesn't work out to go in and just like pilfer their coaching staff, just bring them all home. Like, I, I could see that working. You got to get past the, what is it, Fertetta, Fertitta, that he, like, <laughs> he probably is paying, he's paying Kelvin Sampson the bag, and you know it, just to, like, it's making Houston very relevant in one sport, especially one that they kind of have a pretty rich tradition in with, like, the five slam and jamma years. They got the yep. Jordan sponsorship, like, when it comes to basketball, like, that's really big, and so they just kind of, like, I don't know. It just fits so perfectly. And it's just wild that he's kind of had a late, like he was always a great coach, but like a renaissance in the later years of his coaching career to build like one of the better teams consistently that are like, whenever you come to March Madness, like I think they've had some easy roads, but they like get to elite eights and final fours. Like that's the thing is like, they don't really get like they get bounced by the better programs, but they're not getting bounced by the people that are worse than them, which is honestly kind of like, a really good thing in March Madness. It's like, don't get upset. Like, if you lose to the number one seed in your side of the bracket, like, fine, you go home. Like, just don't get upset by 
Blow Bob or, or St. Like <laughs> Peter's in like your yeah. pocket. Like that's like that's the thing. It's like avoid embarrassment, and then you could deal with the fact if you're losing elite eights or something like that. Like you're at yeah. least getting far. At that point, it's a crapshoot for like everyone. So yeah, but all right, Blake. That's all we have for the Big Twelve tournament preview. Um, very excited to watch the Big Twelve tournament and the rest of it. This is just truly one of the best weeks of sports. Um just a feast of hoops. I'm, I'm so pumped. Uh, looking forward to seeing how it shakes out and uh, fingers crossed for OU making a run. Um, but also they lose game one, then they won't break my heart down the line, which they eventually will. Uh, but um, no, I'm excited, excited for March madness. We're going to do our uh, March madness mega show next week, which is always fun going through every single game, creating the unibracket. Uh, I'm sure we'll have Ty uh, moderate that as well. And then later on this week, for all y'all OU fans, we're like, hey, what is all this basketball talk? I want to hear about some recruits. I want to hear about some uh, combine results. Don't worry. We, we got that coming out on Thursday. We're, we're, we're recording live on that one, getting back in the loop. And uh, hey, Jameson's back in town, folks. He's back from his European vacation. So we're super pumped to have him back in action. But um, that tournament pod, Blake, always fun. Oh, I'm ready. I am ready. There's like, there's something special about it. It's it brings out the best and the worst in us. It brings out the anger. It brings out the tears. It brings out the happiness. Whenever <laughs> your team that you really love advances, there's going to be somebody that has like in their bracket, somebody going to the lead eight final four that somehow randomly gets eliminated by uh Eastern Washington University in the first round that is just like dumbfounded about how two idiots could possibly vote for that squad. But it's an entertaining pod. It's a long one, but it's a fun one. It's a fun listen. It's a good way just to, I think we all bring a nice little blend of ridiculousness, but also some insight to the teams, every single team in the March Madness bracket. So I'm ready for it next week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, That first and second round too, by the way, Uh, my anniversary obviously is coming up and mistake maybe not not a mistake but uh an unintended consequence of uh getting married on march madness weekend uh that happens all the time so i didn't even think about that i didn't even think about how like the unintended consequences later on down the line so when you take a uh you you know your anniversary trip to say uh denver and uh don't realize until months later that uh that city is hosting the first and second rounds of the ncaa tournament uh it changes the dynamics of your trip uh, pretty quickly in terms of planning reservations and thankfully we got the hotel already, but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> dear L, not too happy about March Madness being Denver and it's going to be, uh, it's going to lead me into temptation over here being like, I just want to sneak away for a couple, couple quick games, you know, Bobby's just like, I could get a cheap seat in the arena. Just going to sneak in, watch a few, like just pop into the ball arena to watch. I don't know. Green Bay, Wisconsin play Purdue or the weird thing is there. They actually, uh, last time I saw March of like the, uh, Lenardi production, uh, projections they actually had Texas there. So I'm like, great. I'm going to have to deal with a bunch of UT fans everywhere, but a, first uh one year anniversary for the nightmares is it's that it won't be that bad it won't be we, bad no not not that part but you don't want to yeah. deal with the texas fans like especially texas fans that they actually start winning some march madness games like that's gonna be a dangerous combination i'd rather not go where the texas fans are so hopefully they find a way to not be in denver but you know we'll see how it goes um anyways that's our pod 
Blake, thank you so much for joining as per usual. Looking forward to talking more hoops with you next week. Awesome. Sounds good. I'm ready for next week. Ready for, we'll have a bracket by this time next week. We will have a bracket. It's exciting. It's exciting. All right. For me and Boat and Blake, this has been Heart Hustle Hardwood, a Schooner Pod podcast. We'll see you next time on Thursday when we talk some football. Have a great week, everyone. And Boomer Sooner. Or Go Frogs. Or whatever you root for.